You are listening to the CMC podcast series, Strong Life. In this exciting new series, the pastors of CMC will impart powerful principles that will enable you to live the strong life that God has destined for you. Now join Associate Pastor Paul Kern for the message, Strong Attitude. Man, we're excited about this series that we are doing called Strong Life. Those of you that are here with us, those of you that are listening by podcast, we're really praying, all of the different pastors on our staff, that this series will be a series that empowers you, equips you, strengthens you, and gives you what you need to be the men and women of God that God has called you to be. I want to dive right into what I'm talking about tonight. The title of my message is A Strong Godly Attitude. A Strong Godly Attitude. You know, your attitude, it colors every part of your life. It affects everything about your life. It's kind of like your mind's paintbrush. Your attitude can paint your life bright and optimistic, or your attitude can paint your life dreary and depressing. It can make a huge difference in how you see life, how you respond to circumstances, how you react to things that happen to you on a daily basis. John Maxwell, he's one of my favorite authors. I've read a lot of his books on leadership, and he has some really good things to say uh, in his books. But a couple of things that I wrote down tonight that he said, he said, your attitude's your best friend and your worst enemy. <laughs> Isn't that true? Because sometimes our attitude is really awesome and it really blesses us, and other times our attitude gets in the way of everything that God is trying to do. John Maxwell said that our attitude, its root is inward, but its fruit or its results are outward. So in our life, as we are meditating and the things that we're thinking on, those things are inward, but they always make their way outward into our everyday life. Your attitude's what draws people to you or what repels people from you. It is the prophet of your future. It is the prophet of your future. You know, there's probably not a single part of your life that's not affected by your attitude. Your health is affected by your attitude. Your work is affected by your attitude. Your family is affected by your attitude. Your spiritual life is affected by your attitude. Everything in your life is affected by how you process information and how you think. And you know, I believe attitude's more important than how much money that you make. I believe it's more important in your education. I believe it's more important in your career. I believe your attitude's more important in the friends that you run with. Attitude is so extremely important, and it's very important to God. As a matter of fact, if we were talking about these instruments up here on this stage, there would probably be one string on there that we could say would be the most important string on those instruments, and that would be the string of attitude. Attitude influences everything about our lives. Y'all probably heard the saying, 10% of life is what happens to you, and 90% of life is how you respond to what happens to you. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone has difficult times. Everybody goes through uh, a bad day every now and then. Everyone faces uh, real moments of struggle and even tragedy, and I don't want to make light of that but I think the key in life is this. Focus on the good and learn to find God's heart 
in the bad. Because it's so easy to allow the negativity of life to be the paint bucket that you dip off into every day. And we have to be determined that we're going to make sure that our attitudes are not influenced by the world and the culture of the world, but our attitudes are influenced by the Word and what God says about our lives. To this year, we're in a, a real awesome vision, and, and I'm so thankful for the vision that the Holy Spirit gave our lead pastors. We're uh, coming out of Job chapter 17, and we're talking about getting stronger and stronger. We're in strength training this year, and God's really moving our church forward, not just as a corporate body, but God is also moving our church forward as individual believers in our church body. And tonight, I really want to focus on what it means to have a godly attitude, and, and, and I want to look at an example in the Scripture of a godly attitude. And of course, there's so many people that we can look at in the Bible who had godly attitudes. You know, I, I love the story of Joseph, and man, what an incredible young man. What awesome things that, that God used him to do, and what, what, a guy who really could have had a really bad attitude, but he didn't let his circumstances and his situations taint his picture of what God was doing in his life. You know, another young man uh, in the Bible is Daniel. Daniel's one of my heroes, and I've read the book of Daniel over and over and over. I've actually heard quite a few people preach about Daniel, and I think Daniel is uh, really somebody that we can all look up to as being a young man who really, really overcame great odds. But it wasn't because Daniel's circumstances were good. No, it was actually quite the opposite. Probably everything that could go wrong for Daniel went wrong. You know, Daniel was living during the days of the Babylonian captivity, and they had taken Daniel to be basically a slave, a prisoner. He was taken from his own homeland. So many of his people were dispersed. He wasn't with his mother and the father, and there was a group of young men that they had taken, and really their goal was to bring them into Babylon and begin to re-educate them, to try to reshape their character and change who they were as a person. As a matter of fact, if you study history, it says anybody that's taken out of their culture and they've placed in another culture, that they will lose their identity within five generations. And you'll be absorbed into the culture. And so Daniel was a, a young man who really stood in opposition of the current culture and the things that he was coming up against. And I want to talk a little bit about Daniel tonight. You know, I, in Second Chronicles 16.9, it's probably one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. And it goes like this. It says, the eyes of the Lord move back and forth across the whole earth, searching, searching, searching. Searching for what? Searching for people. The eyes of the Lord move back and forth across the whole earth, searching for people whose hearts are fully committed to him. And the scripture says when God finds a person like that, that God will get behind that person, and God will strengthen that person, and God will help that person. Now, I don't know about you, but boy, when I hear something like that in the Bible, I say, God, right here, here I am. You know, I remember so many years ago, before I knew Christ, my hand would not go up. 
I would be the one that would hide behind someone. But you know, when Jesus comes into your life, he brings a whole new attitude into your life. He brings a godly attitude into your life, and it changes you. It makes you different, doesn't it, TC guys? It changes everything about you. You don't even, you don't even see yourself as the same person. You're a completely different person than what you used to be in your past life because the power of God comes into your life and His Holy Spirit changes your heart and your heart begins to change your mind and your mind begins to take on this strong, godly attitude that the Lord would have us walk in. But Daniel was different and God wants us to be people that are different. See, a person with a strong, godly attitude is a person that's different from society. They're not like all of their peers. They're not like all the people that they work with at work. No, they're a person who possesses a different spirit about them. They're a different person than other people that are around them. I think a lot of Christians go through life and they get so focused on what they're going to do and they lose sight on who they're going to be. And God is so much more concerned with our heart life and our motives than our activities and what we do. God is looking at our attitudes. Those are the things that are important to the Lord. You know, I talk to our Leaders Academy interns uh, every day. I'm the administrator over our college internship here, and we have young people that come from all over the country, and they stay in our dorms at Leaders Academy. And, and I encourage our interns all the time. I tell them, guys, listen, you can clean toilets for a living and get God's support if your attitude is godly and where it's supposed to be. It doesn't really matter so much what you're doing. What matters is, is how you're doing it and why you're doing it. And God wants to extend his great power to all of us here tonight. That's God's, that's God's heart cry. The eye of the Lord moves back and forth across the whole earth that he might strongly support those whose attitudes are connected with him. And I think we're the only person in life that can determine the outcome of our life. I don't think any person has the power to determine the outcome of our life. And I want to focus on that tonight because I think it would be real easy for Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, all these young men who were taken captive at a very young age. These boys were young boys. They were teenagers when they were kidnapped from their families and taken into this whole new kingdom. And could you imagine being around the, the, the king of Babylon? and the influence that he would hold over you as a young man, but then to come into this story and see the attitude of Daniel. Go to Daniel with me tonight, and we're going to look at a few verses together. If, if you haven't made Daniel um, a part of your Bible study reading, I would definitely encourage you. It's not really very long, and there is some really, really great lessons that can be gleaned out of the book of Daniel. But in Daniel chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 3. The king ordered... Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and nobles, youths in whom there was no defect, good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding, discerning knowledge, 
who had an ability for serving in the king's court. He ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king appointed them daily rations from the king's choice food and wine, which he drank. And he appointed that they should be educated for three years, and at the end of which they were entering into the king's personal service. Now among them were the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them. And to Daniel he assigned the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Verse 8, but Daniel, watch this, but Daniel made up his mind. Look at that attitude. He made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. And God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander and the officials. Now I want you to look at some benefits tonight of walking in a strong, godly attitude. Look what God did for Daniel. Now, Daniel was not in an ideal situation, but I want you to notice Daniel made the best of this opportunity. And church, I want to encourage you now, we all would love to have ideal situations in our marriages, with our children, in our jobs, in our, in our churches. We would all love to have these ideal situations, but the fact is, very seldom do all the moons align perfectly, and life is just a pleasant stroll through a, a field of tulips. It just doesn't work like that. No, I think our attitude has everything to do with our advancements in life. See, Daniel had a spirit of influence. Daniel had a spirit of power. Daniel had a spirit of favor on his life because of his godly attitude. See, Daniel, because of his attitude, he was able to get God's attention, and God was able to get behind Daniel and begin to support Daniel in this place that he had found himself in. And I'll tell you, a strong godly attitude, it wants to please God at all costs. That's what's important to a person who is following after Christ more than anything else. It's more important to them than what their friends think. It's more important to them than what their co-workers think. It's more important to them than what the government or the culture may tell them. Pleasing God is the thing that's most important to a person who has a strong, godly attitude. Daniel began to distinguish himself among all of his peers, among everybody there. All of a sudden, Daniel begins to rise to the top. I love what our lead pastor has always told me, my whole life being here. He's always said, Paul, the cream always rises to the top. And you know, that little simple statement has always been something that I have focused on in my own personal life so that I make it an effort in my life to be a man who will pursue excellence in everything that I do. Not saying that I always hit the mark, but that's definitely my attitude. That's definitely what I'm striving to accomplish. I want to encourage you tonight, young people, and I, and I really want you to listen to me, those that are in the room that are younger. Don't throw away God's favor for a temporary thrill. It's simply not worth it. A moment of fulfilling the flesh, to forfeit the favor that God could have on your life and wants to have on your life, it's simply not worth it. See, Daniel was a young man who 
wasn't around his mother. He wasn't around his father. He wasn't around a lot of his people. He was just around a small group of his friends, and he could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to eat this, and I'm going to drink this, and I'm going to do this. But what Daniel said, you know what, I'm going to stay loyal to God. I'm going to keep my commitments that I vowed to keep to God. And because Daniel did that, God prospered him. See, a life of excellence is a choice. A godly attitude is a decision that we make. And the fact is, you know, as I think about you Teen Challenge guys that are here with us tonight, the only reason that you're here tonight is because of choices that you've made. That's what landed you here. But what determines your victory is the future choices that you will make. But that's true for all of us in this room, isn't it? We are where we are and we are who we are tonight because of the choices that we have made in life. See, Daniel's decision was motivated and influenced out of a decision to please God more than anything else. That was more important to him than anything else. And because of that, God was able to put his favor on Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 3 with me. Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits, and its width 60 cubits, and he set it upon the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So, you know, he made this graven image of himself, you know, because all these foreign nations, they were real into idols and worshiping idols because they didn't know the one true living God. And so he's, he built these idols to himself, and in verse 4, it says, then the herald loudly proclaimed to the command is given, O peoples and nations, men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigen, the psaltery, the bagpipe, all kinds of music. You are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoever doesn't fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Well, that's a little bit of a downer. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the music, nations of men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Verse 12. Well, there were certain Jews that you've appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They don't serve your gods and worship your golden image that you set up. Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men were brought before the king. And he responded and said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, that you won't worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you're ready, so I love this, if you're ready at the moment that the music begins to play, in other words, I'm going to give you another chance here, boys. So the moment that the music begins to play, if you'll bow down and worship the image that, that I've made, that'll be very well. But if you do not, you're going to be immediately cast into the midst of a furnace blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you from the fiery furnace? Hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now watch this. Now, this is just awesome. You know, have you ever had one of, those, one of those moments where, you know, you got caught in a situation and you really had something good to say the next day? You know, what? have you ever been there? It's like, man, I wish I had a thought of that. Well, these guys, man, God's hands on them. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he'll deliver us out of your hand. But even if he doesn't, watch this. 
Even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Take that. You know, young people, and, and you know, I remember this when I was growing up. I think it's probably a little more prevalent around girls than it is around guys, you know, just because of the social status and girls like to talk a little bit more than guys do. But I remember, you know, it was kind of like, if you do what we say, you can be in our group and you can be a part of what we do and you can be in with the popular people but you know if you're not you're out and you know, I've watched so many young people let that peer pressure influence them to do some really dumb things that later in life they regretted but I love what Shadrach Meshach and Abednego said wouldn't it be great if you were at a place in life young people and your friends came to you and they said well if you do this this and the other you can be in but if you if you don't you're out wouldn't it be great if they knew that it wasn't even worth coming to you and saying anything to you about that because they already know what your answer is going to be. No, don't go talk to them about that because I can tell you right now they're not going to be involved in that. They won't have nothing to do with that. They're like Miss Two Goody Two Shoes. You know, he's Mr. Holy Spirit. You know, all the names they call you, right? But wouldn't it be great if we were the kind of people, young people, that our friends, whether they liked it or not, they know exactly where we stand. They don't have to come and see if they can get us caught up in compromises because they know that we have a strong, godly attitude. Go ask somebody else. Don't waste your time on me. And so that's exactly what happened here with King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and you know, they told him, hey, I'm not going to bow down to, to the image that you're doing. And, of course, he flew into a rage and he gave orders uh, for them to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and we know exactly what happened. Jesus stepped in, <laughs> says, I see a fourth man. Looks like an angel. Who is that in there? Well, it's Jesus. Jesus stepped in, and Jesus intervened on behalf of these young men who chose to walk in a godly, strong attitude. See, if you're looking for God to move powerfully in your life, then every decision that you make will be made in light of his lordship. It's not worth forfeiting the anointing and the favor and the power on your life for a weekend of doing something stupid. It's simply not worth it. It's not worth it for me to forfeit God's favor on my life for certain entertainment or because this is what the culture is doing because this is the new fad this is what I'm going to do it's not worth it to me and I want you to notice that you know when we look at Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and Daniel I want you to notice these guys were partners together you notice that they they spent time together because one way that you are able to maintain a strong godly attitude is you connect yourself with other people that have strong godly attitudes you know TC the same is true at Applied Life Leaders Academy. You know, there will always be people that you migrate to in life. And I watch it all the time. I watch people migrate to people who are like them, who have the same heart as them. And you know, if your heart is right, and your heart is godly, and your heart is strong, you're going to be drawn toward the men in the program whose hearts are like that. But if your heart is corrupt and your heart has compromise, you're going to be drawn to the guys in the program that are like that. 
See, that's the way life works. But see, one of the things that we learn from having a strong, godly attitude is we maintain strong, godly companionship in life. See, godly mentors, you surround yourself with them. You know, this has been my spiritual father for over 30 years. He's kept me on course. He, when I begin to veer, he's pulled me back. He's downloaded. I mean, if I paid him for every counseling session that he ever had with me, this man would be a multimillionaire. He would be as rich as man as there anybody could be. <clears throat> but he's rich in wisdom, and he's rich in counsel, and he's rich in spiritual children all over the place. And see, if you're going to have those kinds of legacies, you're going to have to make sure that you surround yourself with godly companionships. Church, I want to encourage you, don't hang around people who aren't going anywhere. Well, Paul, Paul, now hold up. You know, Jesus, he, he, he loves sinners. He, I'm not talking about loving sinners. I'm talking about people who are in your circle. I'm talking about people who you do life with. You know, Jesus, yes, he called Nicodemus down out of the tree. Hey, man, I'm going to come to your house today and have lunch. But, but I mean, Jesus didn't make Nicodemus his best friend. And if Jesus did begin to surround himself with people, it was because Jesus was determined to influence them, not have them influence him. You know, young people, listen to me. I want to talk to you about school. I want to talk to you about your peers. I want to talk to you about your friends, you young people all over this room tonight. In 20 years, it is not going to matter who is most popular. Now, I know right now you think that it does, but I'm just telling you in 20 years, it will not matter who is the most popular. You know, I read that Henry Ford, Harry Firestone, and Thomas Edison all lived very close to each other and they would often have coffee with each other, and they were good friends. Does that surprise anybody? Look at what these men did. Look at what these men accomplished. See, it matters who you choose to connect yourself with. See, I think Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were different because they influenced each other because they all had these strong godly attitudes that kept each other built up in a difficult, a very difficult situation. Go to Daniel chapter 5. I want to look at something else. Daniel chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 11 and 12. So time has passed. Daniel's become older now. Different leadership's in place. Well, let's start with verse 10. The queen entered the banquet hall because of the words of the king and his nobles. And the queen spoke and said, O king, live forever. Don't let thoughts alarm you of your face be pale. There's a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of your father, illumination and insight and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, appointed him chief of the magicians and the conjurers and the Chaldeans, the diviners. Now look at this. Verse 12, this was because of the extraordinary spirit he had. Knowledge and insight, interpretations of dreams, explanations of enigmas, solving difficult problems were found in Daniel of who the king named Belshazzar. Wow. D Daniel had it going on. But I want you to recognize, I, I really believe that this is the anointing 
that God has for his godly people who walk in that attitude. I've always been astounded at the wisdom of our lead pastor. I've been around him for years, and you know, it's almost like, you know, so many times I've just kind of hit my head and gone, that's so simple, but I never thought of it. That's wisdom. But that wisdom doesn't just happen by accident. I believe it's a part of God's favor, and it's a part of God's anointing on our lives. See, look at the benefits. Look at the benefits of living a life with a strong, godly attitude, not allowing your attitude to become worldly, not allowing your attitude to sour, but keeping your attitude focused on Jesus and keeping your spirit connected with the Lord through prayer and meditating in his word and listening to worship and cultivating that through conversation with people. You know, as you talk with people, you're talking about Jesus and you're praying for one another and you're encouraging one another. This is how you cultivate a strong, godly attitude in your life. See, a strong, godly attitude is not something that happens by accident. It's something that you have to be very intentional about. You know, in this year, as we're starting out, we're really trying to challenge our church to go beyond what you've done. I just finished a series called Making God's House Stronger, and we talked a lot about coming out of your comfort zone and really pushing yourself to go beyond what you've done. But I want you to notice something here about Daniel in chapter 6 as I get ready to close. Go to chapter 6, verse 28. So Daniel is once again finding himself in a very difficult situation. Verse 16, the king gave orders and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. And the king spoke to Daniel and he said, your God whom you constantly serve will himself deliver you. A stone was brought, it was laid over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles. That's kind of like the, you know, the police tape. You know, you don't pass that, right? You don't break that, that signet ring. They put a cord across the entrance and they put clay on it and his ring would, would seal it. And that, so that's the FBI tape. You don't cross that. And so there he is. And in verse 18, the king went off in his palace. He spent the night fasting. No entertainment was brought before him. His sleep fled from him. The king arose at dawn at the break of day, and he went in haste to the lion's den. And when he had come near to the den of Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him. And also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then, watch this, the king was pleased. He gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den, and Daniel was taken out of the den. No injury whatsoever was found on him because he had trusted in God. And then the king gave orders, and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel and cast them and their children and their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the pit before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Well, I'm telling you, church, see, when we have a strong, godly attitude, when we walk in an extraordinary spirit, we enjoy success in life. God's hand 
is on our life. Now, notice Daniel was in a lion's den. So I don't want you to take when I'm teaching and say, oh, well, you know, Paul's teaching this prosperity theology. You're not ever going to be in a lion's den. No, he's in the den. You understand? It's not pleasant. He's there all night. But it didn't devour him. See, if we walk in a strong, godly attitude, I'm not saying that you're not going to find yourself in a pit. I'm not going to say that you're not going to find yourself surrounded by demons and hell and lions and difficulty. But here's what I can tell you. God will deliver you out of it. See, because the Scripture says that God won't put more on his godly ones than they can handle. God will always make a way in our temptation to be overcome and to quit because that's the God that we serve. And that is a result of a godly attitude. See, demons become powerless in our life when we walk in a committed, excellent attitude toward Jesus. And so tonight as I, as I wrap up what I'm talking about, I really want to encourage you to understand and see that there are huge benefits to living a godly life. There are huge benefits, young people, to not going and participating in what everybody else is doing, but you decide that you're going to be different. You're going to live a different kind of life. You're going to set a different kind of example in your schools and with your teachers. And us men in here tonight, we're going to set a different kind of example on the job and with our children and with our wives and you women in here tonight, we're going to set a different kind of example with our husbands, our children, our home, our workplace, because we're walking in a strong, godly attitude. And as a result of walking in a strong, godly attitude, guess what? We get to experience the favor and the anointing and the benefits that God has for us just like he had for Daniel and his companions. Can I have an amen? Amen. Stand with me tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Lord, as we leave here tonight, Lord, help us to go out tomorrow and, and Friday and Saturday. And, and God, let our lives make a difference. God, we're believing you for divine appointments. God, bring people across our path. And Lord, help us to see the needs of those around us. God, use us. Help our attitudes to be an encouragement to everyone that we come into contact with. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. You can stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download the CMC app by searching Christian Ministries Church in the App Store. For more information and upcoming events, go to cmchurch.com.